welcome to Way Too Seriously, the podcast where we watch kids' movies and then take them way too seriously. I'm Paul Moffat. I'm Jan Moffat. And this week we watched and we'll be talking about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, 2005 edition. Jan, do you want to tell us a bit about this movie? I was going to say that part, <laughs> but that's okay. Charlie, I was just going to say that it's a 2005 film. <laughs> Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is a 2005 film, as opposed to the 1971 film, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, so there really shouldn't be any confusion, except that of course there is. Yeah, of course there is. Okay, it is uh, directed by Tim Burton, based on the novel by Roald Dahl. It's, because it is a, it's a Tim Burton movie, it of course stars Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter. Of course. As well as uh, Freddie Highmore, David Kelly, Missy Pyle, James Fox, Deep Roy, Christopher Lee. And uh, was, as I said, based on the book by Roald Dahl, but the screenplay was by John August. So what was this about, Paul? So like the book upon which it is based, this is the story of Charlie Bucket, a poor boy with... uh, Two parents and four grandparents and himself living in a two-bedroom house. And they don't have enough food, but he finds a lucky golden ticket that takes him on a tour of an amazing chocolate factory run by the eccentric Willy Wonka. And he, at the end of the tour, finds that the purpose of the tour was for Willy Wonka to find a child successor. And Charlie becomes the future owner and head of the chocolate factory that's the summary of the story yeah, yeah. all the other kids get eaten basically yeah, terrible things happen to them <laughs> i want to do something before we even get into the objective judgments of the movie this is the second movie based on charlie and the chocolate factory and it's also based on charlie and the chocolate factory the book so i want to talk a little bit about What's your relationship with the previous movie and with the book? Well, um, I've read the book several times, and most recently we read it as a family with our kids. We read a chapter a night from a book, and this was the most recent one. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen the old movie, like the Gene Wilder one, of several times, like a lot of times, I would say, and liked it, but always found it a little like lacking in comparison to the book. Mm-hmm. I'd seen this one maybe once before. I, I don't even know if I'd seen the whole thing of this one. It was right. surprising to me, the, some of the parts. So I think that I hadn't quite seen it before. And I'm a big, or in my childhood, I was a big Roald Dahl fan. Yeah. I read like every Roald Dahl book I could find, as well as too young for them. I read his adult short stories and yeah. his bio- autobiographies. I now... Take Roald Dahl with a little bit more distance than I did as a kid. Mm-hmm. I corrected myself a second ago from saying that I am a big Roald Dahl fan. That, like, he's good, but he has ups, ups and downs. Yeah. yeah. Um, but definitely, I've read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory many times. The Gene Wilder movie, I have maybe seen once. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I don't know it well at all. I know it by reputation as, mm. like, this movie is really creepy. <laughs> it has moments. 
And I remember, there's things about it I remember. Like, I remember Willy Wonka coming out pretending to be old and then tripping and then like, haha, he's sprightly, actually. Um, And the Golden Goose, which is stupid. And the Oompa Loompas. And the Oompa Loompas that are orange and green. And like, that's the idea of what an Oompa Loompa looks like. Like, you you sing the songs. I'm just thinking, you sing the songs sometimes. I'm surprised that you don't know. Yeah. So it's only by like. Because of The Simpsons, basically? Yeah, basically. Because the Oompa Loompas have made it into popular culture. Roald Dahl was so disappointed in the Gene Wilder version that he denied anyone the rights to make a movie Mm -hmm. out of the sequel, Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. Yeah. Uh, And I just wonder what he would have thought of this movie version. Yeah, hard to say. Gene Wilder did not like this movie version. I'm not surprised. Of course he didn't. Because of course he didn't. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so anyway, I just, th- all that background, I just wanted to get yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely. How good do you think this movie is? And I, we could talk about it in both, like, completely on its own, but also, like, do you think this is a better version of this book? Is this a better adaptation of the book than the first movie? Is this a good adaptation of the book? And also, is this just plain a good movie? Um, I think, I think in terms of faithfulness to the book... It is better than the other movie in terms of, is this a good movie, objectively? I think it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think I struggle to separate my dislike of Johnny Depp yeah. in this movie. And, like, there have been, you know, recent actual issues with Johnny Depp. But I've just, in general, never been the biggest Johnny Depp fan. I find him off-putting, and he's very off-putting in this movie. Yeah, he definitely is playing Willy Wonka as very off-putting. Yeah, and I mean, so I'm I'm getting into my own personal feelings, but like... I was going to talk about Johnny Depp in the way too seriously, so listeners expect that we'll get to that. Yeah. For now, carry on. But for now, um, I think that that choice, the choice to make Willy Wonka this very high-pitched... completely distracted nonsensical character is a bit of a mistake. Hmm. I felt like it detracted from what was a very beautiful visually and Tim Burton is wonderful at visuals and he chooses Danny Elfman who is beautiful at music. And so a lot of his movies have like, I think of Edward Scissorhands, which also has Johnny Depp in it and how much this kind of reminded me of it in some of the shots and he's just, he uses color in an amazing way. And I think that really suits Charlie and the Chocolate Factory because it needs to be a bright, vibrant, eye-catching movie. Yeah. And this is one of those. I think you nail it on the head about Tim Burton being, he's great with visuals and aesthetics and he's great with his music pairings with Danny Elfman. You didn't say, but I think it was unsaid that... uh he is not the best at char- at real character moments, mm, Tim Burton. Yeah. And he is not the best at making movies that are coherent in their plot. Yes. I don't think Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is incoherent in its plot. No, I think no. it's actually one of Tim Burton's better ones in terms of that. But just talking yeah. about Tim Burton in general, like Edward Scissorhand doesn't really make any sense. No, absolutely. Uh, for example. But the emotional depth here mm. is like... Tim Burton is just not the best at it. Mm-hmm. 
And that weakness is on display in this movie, and it's one of the things that, frankly, Roald Dahl is not the best at real emotional truth either. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a parody. Like, Charlie, you can never forget that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is deeply a parody of, like, children. Like, every child in it is a caricature. Yeah. It's, of, I don't know if it's a parody. I guess parody isn't the right word. Caricature. Yeah. Of horrible children in the real world. And, of course, none of them have any depth beyond just that that one characteristic that they have. Mm-hmm. And Charlie's the only good one. Mm-hmm. Um, the child actors do a fantastic job. I agree. I think several, like Freddie Highmore and Anna Sophia Robb, have gone on to become like fairly prolific a- actors beyond this. Has Freddie Highmore? I mean, he... I yeah. feel like this is the end of his... Do you, know he, do you know what he's been in now? What has he been in? He's Norman Bates in that new Bates Motel show. Is he? Oh, that's interesting. Because <laughs> yep. he was in, before this, a couple of, like, he was a child actor in uh, Finding Neverland, but also yeah. in, like, the Spiderwick Chronicles mm-hmm. is at the same time as this, or right? Yeah, around this time. But then he went on to be... He's gone on to other things, actor. yeah. He's been, he's... That's nice to, to hear. Acting to his adulthood. Yep. Um... Yeah, I agree. The acting, the child actors are great. David Kelly, I just love from Waking Ned Divine, and therefore he doesn't really have to do anything in this movie for me to be happy to see him. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I carry a lot of goodwill and affection for him into the movie. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's actually true that he does a great job in this movie. Yeah, I think he does, though. But it's great to see him. Yeah. And I feel happy to see him. That's mm. not objective anymore. That's just enjoyment, I suppose. Yeah. Um. One thing about just, like, the quality of the movie, it's interesting comparing this to the Gene Wilder movie, that the Gene Wilder one was called Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, partly Mm -hmm. because they thought that Charlie sounded like the enemy in Vietnam. Oh, really? So they didn't want people to think it was a Vietnam movie if they called it Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Huh. Wow. But watching this, I feel like this is the one that should be called Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, because Johnny Depp is the main character. Yep. Willy Wonka is the main character. Freddie Highmore does great, but isn't really given very much to do at all. Mm-hmm. In fact, I agree. ostensibly, he's the main kid, but I think he has less to do than any of the other kids. All he really does, all that is really required of him in this movie is to look wide-eyed and say, wow. Yeah, you may be right. Whereas Johnny Depp, they ask him to do lots of stuff and he does it. Yeah. Whether he does it well or not is a question. But, like, in terms of the direction, in terms of not just the direction Tim Burton's directing the movie, but, like, the which direction they are taking this movie in, mm-hmm. they've really made it Willy Wonka's movie. And I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah. I'm not sure it is either. All the backstory that they've added about Willy Wonka's childhood, I think, is tacked on. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care about it at all. Yeah, exactly. It was barely snooze fest for me in those at those points. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So, is it good? Do you like it? Is it? What do you think in terms of your opinion? So, my opinion, I think I think this is the better of the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory adaptations. Eh. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? I think this is the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory adaptation that I enjoy more of the two of them, but. 
if I ever want to experience Charlie and the Chocolate Factory again, I'm reaching for the book, not either of the yes, movies. Yes, absolutely. And there are movies that I would maybe reach for the movie, mm-hmm. depending on my mood, depending on what I was looking for. I can't imagine a circumstance where I would be like, let me experience Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, by which I mean one of the films. No. Mm-hmm. So my enjoyment of it was, it was fine. It's not, doesn't, break the midpoint of my favorite Tim Burton movies. Mm-hmm. And it's the, my second favorite of three Charlie and the Chocolate Factory proper, <laughs> properties. <laughs> gotcha. I still think I like the 70s one better. I think that I'm not going to deny that has a lot to do with nostalgia. When this came out, I was like, mm, I don't know about this. This is something they've already done this. Uh, and despite the fact that they actually reproduce Roald Dahl's real songs from the book, I really like those Oompa Loompa songs from the 70s movie. I like, yeah, I just like the, I like the Oompa Loompa songs. I like the, the, um, the songs in general, like it's a musical, the older one. And I like Gene Wilder. I just like him better. And I suspect Gene I, Wilder is a better person than. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I don't he's, know. He's dead about now. Him, really? In the end, I like the 70s one better, but probably because of nostalgia. But uh, this one is good and it's very faithful to the book. And I really appreciate that. And I appreciate showing it to my kids and showing them how a movie can be quite faithful in, in its uh, interpretations. And like you said, I will always reach for the book first. And there are definitely some movies where I'll reach for the movie before I reach for the book. But this one, absolutely, I agree with you that it's the the, the book that I would reach for. Right. In terms of this movie, like, they made two... The two things that I hated about the 70s movie. There are lots of things I liked and lots of things I was indifferent to. I agree. I really like the Imbaloompa design and the songs like they're nostalgic and fun but i hated the way that the water was just brown water when it's supposed to be melted chocolate (laughs) and i hated that charlie they added a whole thing where charlie and grandpa joe were didn't follow the rules oh yes that's the terrible part and they took both of those things out of this movie Mm -hmm. and like i still don't think the chocolate looked like melted chocolate looked a lot more like melted chocolate than the previous one did i agree with that so i just like yeah. I like that better. All right, let's move on to our way, way too, too seriously. So if we're going to talk way too seriously, I feel like we have to start with a meta thing that we hinted at in the, our first half, and that's Johnny Depp. And it's just that, like, when we sat down to watch this movie, I can't not think about the real character of the real person who we are watching a real movie by and that you know we watched this movie on netflix Mm -hmm. so we didn't so like we're subscribed to netflix anyway and we didn't specifically rent it and maybe that makes some difference but I feel like there's a general point that this might be the appropriate moment to talk about, and that is 
how do you feel about supporting the art of someone who you think is a bad person? Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's an easy, I don't think there's a set answer. I don't think that my, where I land on this is the be all and end all that everyone needs to agree with. But I think there's a conversation worth having. So if you don't know, what's Johnny Depp's deal? Do you want to say that? Do you want me to? I don't know a ton. I know that his wife has accused him of uh, abuse. Yeah. That he was abusive and is abusive or was abusive to her. And there was kind of a sweeping it under the rug. We don't believe her aspect to it. Yeah. When she did like everything right, right is in quotation marks of like of what you can do as a victim of abuse. She even had things like recorded and things. Yeah, there's a video. Yeah, and I've haven't seen much about this, but just like he did it. Like it's it's just yeah. His character is bad. We know this as, you know, consumers of media. So there's just like there's no getting around that. Yeah. And like the video I definitely believe his wife. In the video, he, like, is shouting at her and throwing things that don't hit her. Yeah. But she says that he also hit her. Yeah. Right? So then, the where the place that we're in, when we sit down to watch Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is, are we going to now watch a movie with a guy in it who I believe his wife when she says that he beat her? Mm-hmm. And then there's kind of two parts to that in my mind and one is does the does johnny depp ruin does johnny depp's character ruin all movies that he ever was involved in Hmm. for your artistic consumption of them and then i think it's a separate question are is there a moral imperative not to give money to a project that pays johnny depp and i am not sure it's a difficult question it's an extremely difficult question. But in terms of going forward, new movies that come out, I'm fairly anti-giving money toward to Johnny Depp. It's complicated because movies are made by hundreds of people. Right. And as So we- I don't want to support an industry that Depp supports that. But you know what? A lot of things are coming out about Hollywood that we already knew anyway is the thing. But a lot of things are coming out lately about all sorts of people in Hollywood that are horrible and that Hollywood has survived on abuse and specifically sexual abuse and especially the abuse of women. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult to support any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's difficult and problematic to support any of this stuff. And so you try as much as you can to stand up for what you want to stand up for. But there's also, you can't know everything. Yep. You can't know everyone and everything about everyone. And I wish we could just separate the art from the people, but in this day and age, we really can't. And we, I don't know. And we shouldn't either. I don't know. It's super fraught, right? It's super fraught. And I just like, you know what? In the end, I don't know the answer. And when it comes to Johnny Depp, I feel icky about him and I'm not going to support him or other people that I can think of like him. Yeah. Like, are you going to watch the next mysterious beat? Um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find the Movie. If he's in it, probably not. 
I was really mad at them for putting him in that. That's really... You're getting off track a little bit, but, but I think yeah. But talking about the way too seriously, and I think yeah. one of the major way too seriously with this movie is meta, because I can't ignore... And we watched a Harvey Weinstein movie recently and kind of talked about it afterwards. Uh, but I feel like this is an issue not just with this movie, but in general, that way too seriously for this movie is an appropriate time to talk about it, right? Yeah. That, yeah. like... My general position is I can appreciate art made by or with people who I think are no good sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I'll watch, like I'll read poetry by Ezra Pound, even though he was a fascist, but I threw my copy of The Mists of Avalon in the garbage. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't know why, I have bad news for you, look it up and, and be sad. But like... When it comes to people who are alive and financially profiting, I feel like there's a different yeah. uh, standard that I could read Ezra Pound, but if my money was actually going into Ezra Pound's pocket, I might not anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? And a jo Johnny Depp is an example of, we watched this on Netflix that we're subscribed to anyway, and us watching it or not and watching it. And it's an it, old movie. And it's an old movie. But like... If there's a new movie that you're casting Johnny Depp in, maybe I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to some actual, like, in-text things. Yes. We only talk about meta-text so long. So, in the text, what do you want to take way too seriously? Can we start? Well, maybe before we get into things, let's just separate out. Some of the things that are in this are coming straight from the book. Some of the things are coming... Are, are uh, they're making up themselves. We're just going to speak about them as one entity. Yeah. The problematic things are the problematic things that they, that Roald Dahl wrote and that they made, they made text in this movie. Because anything that they, that was from Roald Dahl that they've reproduced, they've either reproduced blindly and that's a problem mm -hmm. or they've chosen to reproduce problematic things and that's a problem. Yeah. And we could talk about the book in a different context if we felt like it, but we're talking about the movie. So, Oompa Loompas? Oompa Loompas. What do you want to say about Oompa Loompas? Colonialism and uh, racism. So, like, the deal with Oompa Loompas, <laughs> the textual deal with Oompa Loompas is Willy Wonka goes to a jungle country mm -hmm. and there's no... They don't tell us where in the world this jungle country is, but... There's only so many parts of the world that have jungles, and yep. they're all South... It's Africa or South America, or I guess possibly South Asia. Yeah, I mean, it's Deep Roy is South Asian, Asian. So. so, in any case, it's one of the places that uh, it gets called in itself a hugely problematic term, but let's not... Let's just pick it up for this moment... The third world. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm using that term even though it's problematic because the all the problematic things about the idea of the third world are what's being picked up and used here. That you, mm -hmm. Johnny Depp goes to this place where it's savage and there are these people living in their backward savage places and they don't know anything and they don't know the value of anything so he takes them to be exploited labor that he treats as indentured servants and 
the movie, the book actually makes that even stronger. The movie backs off a little bit by not making text that he doesn't pay them. Mm -hmm. In the book, he doesn't pay them except in cocoa beans. Yeah. Because they love because co- they love cacao beans and they love to serve and don't you know that uh, primitive peoples just nothing makes them happier than serving their superiors the white people but th- I was gonna say there's a thing that the movie does that the book doesn't that I we could really dig into whether it's good or bad that in the book they're described as having like pale skin and blonde hair hmm. in the movie makes them brown. Yeah. Now. Is that better or worse? Is that better or worse? I don't know. Because on one hand, well, there's at least one role for a person of color in this movie. Yeah. But it's kind of as the slave. It's the slave. It's every one of the slaves. Yeah. It's just (sighs) duplicated duplicated thousands of times. And it makes like... Making them, I feel like making them white and blonde in the book was a not effective, but an attempt by Roald Dahl of like, these are just a fantasy country, is him distancing it by saying, no, it's not Africa or South South America. Mm -hmm. It's some fictional country you've never heard of in who knows where, I'm not going to tell you. And it's, you're the one assuming that this is the global South. Yeah. It's not darkest Peru. Exactly. (laughs) But by making it Deep Roy, the movie is confirming, yes, it's the global south. You're right. Your assumption that this is Africa or Southeast Asia or South America. I always stutter over South America. I don't know. I'm like South America. Something about America in my mouth is just like Johnny Depp talking about parents. America. Um. Yeah, so they're, like, it's really irredeemable, actually. Yeah. yeah. Especially, like, just that scene of super white Johnny Depp in his, like, pith helmet. Yeah. Going into the jungle and, like, retrieving these people. Yeah, it's issues. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the movie, I mean, we want to talk about the Oompa Loompas. We should talk for just a second about the 70s movie made them orange to make them, like, fantasy creatures. Yeah. Was that a good move or a bad move? I'm not sure anything is good. Like, I think yeah. that in the end, the Oompa Loompas, no matter what skin color you give them, are problematic because they're taken from their home country where things were sad there mm-hmm. and made into servants, into yeah. slaves. They never leave the factory. And it's like, you know, oh, it's because they don't want to. But no, that's just... Well, and there's a real, and there's a real world myth of the happy slaves, right? Exactly. So there's real world stories, mythology about slaves, American slaves in the American South who are so happy in their family. They're part of the family, and they love being there. Yeah. And so this story of Oompa Loompas who are happy in their servitude because they love it is reproducing real, incredibly horrible myths about people and yeah. then as we watched it like our kids argued with us about whether the Oompa Loompas are people or not whether yeah. they're human or not because they're small and they are servants mm-hmm. and they're like maybe they're some kind of pixies yeah and like I agree I totally agree with you I was trying to like tease out 
some things, but you cut to the point that like it doesn't matter what you do with them. The Oompa are not redeemable as an idea. Yeah. Yeah, big problem. What else? Uh, I mean, we talked... Seriously. We talked, when we talked about the Oompa just about the fact that that's the only representation of people of color in this mm-hmm. movie. Oh, very much so, yeah. Even uh, though they're coming from, like, all over... Oh, wait, no, no. We have the right. other thing. Yes, you're right, I forgot The other racism in this. Prince Pondicherry... <laughs> The silly Indian the silly, who doesn't know that chocolate melts. Yeah, the the story that gets told about Willy Wonka before this is that he built a Indian palace for an Indian prince to impress his wife. That is basically it's the Taj Mahal made out of chocolate, and he he refuses to eat it because it's so beautiful, and then it melts on him, and the end. And it's so like. Ugh, it's just... So, I mean, let's try and articulate. What is wrong with that story? Is it maybe for the same reason that you have read stories about uh, Chinese men whose wife had plastic surgery and all their children are ugly and he successfully sued her for $3 million for lying about his wedding? You've read that story, I bet. That's not true. That's not a true story. But why do you believe it? Because wacky Asians are wacky. Right? And so why is this a story from both the book and the movie about India rather than about Texas? Because it's a story about naive foreigners who don't understand the world. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So it's India because it's a hot climate? Well, no. (laughs) There's plenty of hot climates. It's India because it's the other, because it's the weird Orient where they don't understand things and Mm -hmm. they're wacky and wacky things happen. And even in the world of Willy Wonka, where Willy Wonka is the wackiest of the wacky, he's savvy. So he's the savvy white wacky person who can code switch, he can understand the world, he can do business, he can succeed, he can walk go out of his factory when he wants to, he can understand who what a spy is, he yeah. but the wacky Asian can't. Uh he doesn't understand the basics of the world and his expectations for the world are unrealistic and unreasonable and he has no power over them. So Willy Wonka has unrealistic expectations over the world, but he can control them. But Prince Pondicherry has unrealistic expectations of the world and the world continues to be outside his control because foreigners aren't foreigners silly. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we were to apply the racial Bechdel test to this movie, are there... Two people of color who have one com- who have names and have one conversation with each other, not about a white person. Oh, not even close. The Oompa Loompas don't even have names. They're just called Oompa Loompas. Yeah. So, I mean, this is something we haven't talked about, but maybe we should talk about the racial Bechdel test. In the uh, future? In the future. I suppose, yeah. Does, it, does this pass the Bechdel test? I think it does. Uh, I think it does because the parents and children have conversations with each other. Because especially yeah. Violet Beauregard and her mother talk to each other about each other being winners about Violet. Oh, and Violet and Baruka have conversations with about each other. let's be best friends. Yeah. It does pass the Bechdel test. Yeah. Violet and Veruca's relationship with each other, we could quickly 
mention that they let's be best friends and hold arms and then look away from each other and hate each other because yeah. this is it falling into really simplistic tropes about girls are catty and mm. women compete with each other. Yeah, absolutely. And tear each other down. Yeah. Augustus Gloop. Tell us about Augustus Gloop. Augustus Gloop, his entire flaw is that he's fat. Yeah. Did you see the weird CGI thing at the beginning with him? Look, his he's hair like, was very unrealistic looking. His face was like, I don't know if they like made him fatter with CGI. It looked really weird. That's, I, that's beside the point, but like I was really, it was very strange. I feel like I should post like a screenshot of it because like something was wrong with that kid's face. I tried to look it up to see what the actor mm. looks like out of context because there were also moments when it seemed like he was wearing a fat suit, wearing a padded suit. Yeah. And it seems like the kind of thing that happens that the m- filmmakers I can believe the filmmakers thinking that it is less cruel to cast a skinny person, dress him as fat, and then make fun of his fatness than to cast a fat kid and then make fun of his fatness. I don't think it really is less cruel. It's just less directly cruel. It's cruel to people whose face you don't have to see. Yeah. Um, and I think that I've jumped ahead of where you were going. No, with that, Augustus that, that Augustus Gloop is, he's fat and that's the whole joke. And that's the whole, I mean, that's straight from the book is that just fatness is wrong. He, despite the fact that this whole thing is about gluttony and eating and having a chocolate factory and like everybody's eating all this chocolate and blah, blah, blah. Augustus is the only one who that is a flaw for because of his physical size yeah and that the virtue that tech the movie puts in charlie's mouth i think quite astutely actually something that isn't in the book that the point of a candy factory is that candy doesn't have a point that the you know at one point mike tv is like what? why is everything here completely pointless candy doesn't have to have a point that's why it's counting. It's stupid. I think that's actually really astute for something about what Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is about. But everyone's allowed to enjoy and appreciate candy, and Willy Wonka himself like loves candy because it's, you know, about freedom and about self-indulgence, and it's about accepting self-indulgence and being happy with making yourself happy, but only if you're skinny. Yeah. What's the difference? By the logic of the movie, what's the difference between gluttony and uh, creative self-indulgence? Only that gl- that if you're fat, your creative self-indulgence is gluttony. Like, it's yeah. only about your body, not about your behavior. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it, it gets a little, and just gets a little gross, the body shaming in this. Just, just, it's over yeah. the top. It's over the top. Agreed. Yeah. And it feels like, uh, just, um... To move away from the movie for a fraction of a second, Matilda, which is written after Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, mm-hmm. features a boy who is fat and Bruce. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like Roald Dahl changes his mind because in Matilda, Bruce eats a cake and like is a hero for eating a mm. cake and not getting sick and like sticks it to the disciplinarian who thinks he shouldn't be fat. Mm. I think that maybe Roald Dahl thought better 
of Augustus mm. Gloop. Yeah. Because Augustus Gloop, book or movie, he's a problem. And they, the movie notices the problem with Violet Beauregard, which is chewing gum is disgusting, but but Willy Wonka makes chewing gum. Yeah. The movie notices and lampshades that and also develops her character a bit so that her character flaw is not merely that she chews gum. It's that she is... Uh, Super competitive. Super competitive. Yeah. I think that's really good. I think they do a good mm-hmm. job of developing her character in a new direction. But the movie does not notice that Augustus Gloop's gluttony is like literally being shamed for doing the thing that Willy Wonka is trying to get him to do. Yeah. Because his body looks the wrong way when he does it. Yeah. All right. Anything else we want to talk about? Maybe one more thing just about... Uh, children. Mm. And that is, one of the things about Roald Dahl in general is that he, for a children's writer, really hates children. And that comes across in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Most children are awful, bratty, terrible. Charlie is not, Mm -hmm. but all the other ones are. And it's all the ways that kids can be awful. Mm -hmm. And the point uh, of a Roald Dahl book is not so much a cautionary tale, as just like venting spleen against kids that he hates. <laughs> he he hates bad parents too. It's like he does. It's the whole thing. That's something that happens again and again in Roald Dahl books. Is parents are bad, therefore, and their kids are bad, or the parents are bad, but the kid uh, does okay despite of it. Yeah, yeah. Which is where. Harry Potter got its idea from. Or this is also maybe actually just to connect to Matilda again, another point of maybe Roald Dahl learning something between Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Matilda, because in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, bad, bad kids are always bad because their parents are bad and bad parents always make bad kids. Hmm. And in Matilda, kids can rise above their bad parents. Yeah. We're talking book, not movie. And that's, a, we shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Also, I don't think I've read or seen Matilda. Oh, you need to read Matilda. (laughs) Matilda also. The movie is good. The musical is great. But the book is the number one Matilda. Yep. Um, So, is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory good? Yeah, I guess. It's medium good, right? Yeah, it's pretty good. Like, it's on the good side of medium, but not super high above. Yep. How about, is it seriously good? Mm, Nah. Not really. It's not really seriously good, is it? No. It's not that great. It's not seriously terrible, but it's on the bad, like, it's, I think it doesn't even meet seriously medium. It's seriously bad. Because of everyone's white unless they're a slave. Oompa Loompas are the natural slaves. Yeah. The, you know... All the things we mentioned. All the things we mentioned. Yeah. So, All right. that was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, if people want, if you want, if you think that I am absolutely crazy for thinking that this is better than the 70s uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, you could write to us. You could talk to us on Twitter at WTSCast. You could send us an email, way too seriously cast at gmail.com. You could talk to us on Facebook or Instabook or all the other places. <laughs> uh, 
Twitter is the place we are the most. This is why yeah. we always mention it first. If you talk to us on Twitter, we'll see it right away and answer it right away. And if you talk yeah. to us any of the other ways, we'll get to it eventually, I promise. But yeah. if you like what we do, you can support us by rating us and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, or even better, by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash clockworkscast. Anything else that we say at this point? Nope. I'm Paul Moffat. I'm Jan Moffat. And if you were going on a tour of a chocolate factory, I hope you would make it all the way to the end without being killed by the machinery. <laughs> I might fall in that chocolate river, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it does look pretty good. Looks pretty tasty. Okay, Jan, if you were going to be uh, horribly disemboweled in a chocolate factory accident, <laughs> what what's your... What are you doing? Going for a swim in the river? I'm, that's what you said. I'm diving into like the, the machinery that's making the chocolate bars to grab as many... Like, melted chocolate is kind of meh. Like, I don't know if I would dive in the river, but like, as they're making the actual chocolate bars, I would like dive onto the conveyor belt and be impaled by the <laughs> <laughs> machinery is how I would die in a chocolate factory. Yeah. How about and, you? Well, likewise. Yeah. I totally would go after some of the like made chocolate before it gets wrapped up. Mike TV's is the stupidest of yeah, anyone. Absolutely. 